internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. Hello, everybody. I'm here today joined by Kim S. of A Good Night for Murder podcast, A Good Night for Murder. Erica has finally decided to join us. Oh, um, like you've late. never shown up late. Bob. Like I've never gotten a last minute text from Bob being like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about the interview. That's that's not usually what happens. What usually happens is you text me and say, are you joining the interview? And yeah. I say, what interview? Yes, I'm very passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of professionalism that you can expect from NBI Studios. Kim, how are you doing today? Very well this morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, all right. So, Erica, you have to explain to me what your text was worded very strangely. You said that your dog was taking too long to get ready. Yes. Which I'm picturing the dog like getting dressed, putting <laughs> uh-huh. on makeup. What does that mean? Yeah, he's what very high do? maintenance. He takes he takes so long in the morning to get ready that he hogs the bathroom so long. I never have an opportunity. <laughs> what? I'm just what is, the what is your ex- dog doing? Exactly I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just blaming him. It was me. I was the one. Oh, you were taking too long <laughs> yes. getting ready. I was going to say, I expect the dog on this interview too. Then, if he's getting ready, right. I want to talk to him. <laughs> oh gosh, you do not want that. <laughs> Did you did you position that ugly sweater over your right shoulder? Per, per this tics, is a per, normal sweater. Thank you very much. That's not a joke sweater. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I bought it at a thrift store. Actually, let's just go through my 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 clothes. <laughs> Festive. Yes. Yeah, d- d- doesn't it look like something, it's, Kim, that you would wear to an yeah. ugly sweater? It is day? reminiscent of an ugly sweater, but yes. you know, yeah. they they don't have Santa hats or any. It could be uglier. Yes, it could be way uglier. Yeah. It could be worse. It's got weird deer all over it. <laughs> no, what else I, we got going on there? Not even really sure. I think it's reindeer. To your right. Is that a jersey behind you? What's right behind your uh, head? Oh yeah, see Michigan State. Oh, did you see that, uh, my boy? I did. Congrats to thank you, Quentin. Right? My son just got accepted to Michigan State University, oh, which is my alma mater. So mm-hmm. awesome school! It's gonna have a blast. Yep. He even got—they just sent him a thing. He got a scholarship. It's like oh, a, a teeny tiny little awesome. little scholarship. Hey, 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 these days that's a lot. They don't hand those things out very much anymore. Oh, I know. Well, and apparently they do. They said that they do. Um, like between now and spring, they have a bunch of different scholarships they like oh, cycle nice. through. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. they'll go through. Like so in the first round, yep. he got like fifteen hundred a year or whatever. Hey, that's but, pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Especially I was, at, you start at, whittling that year. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you <laughs> start whittling that amount that I have to pay down. Mm-hmm. I was yelling at him last night because he was he was out with his friends, and I'm like, "What are the what scholarships have you? Oh, I'm going to apply for some or whatever." I'm like, "You apply for all, all of them, of them. <laughs> every, every single one." <laughs> I would like for you to get the number that I have to pay for your school down to zero, as if that would be possible. As low as possible, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Kim, let's talk about you, I suppose, <laughs> since you're here. You know, <laughs> you, you took the time to, <laughs> to come I can in. try. Talk about whatever you want. <laughs> uh, uh, so, we'll get into the podcast in a minute, but uh, <laughs> you, you, it looks like your full-time job is as a website manager. 
Yeah, I have a full-time job, day job. It's a website manager for a musical instrument company. So uh-huh. um, it, it's more of a project manager role. I don't do development or anything like that. But yeah, it's a it's an office job. It's a fun place to work. So you you what do you manage like their sales or what what do you what do you Oh sure um more or less like the content so you know all the photos and the images and the campaigns um the development and the user experience and I have a development team that I manage that does the work and I make sure uh-huh. it all makes sense to the end users who are using the website Listen if you want to see a fantastic website uh, you should, you should when you get a minute when we're done here you should go check out bobruffevents.com it is probably the best website. <laughs> Award winning? Is it? <laughs> Are you joking? No. So you're, at, well, you're mean, shamelessly just plugging your own website right now? Oh, no. If you if you were to <laughs> click on it right now, you would see that want. it is, in fact, a joke. Okay. okay. Well, so if I, it tells people what they need to know, then it's getting its job done. It's no? so bad, Kim. It's so bad. I don't know what... I got on like Wix because I needed something because mm-hmm. we do like and we have like a series of like live events coming oh, up. She knows. She's been through this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I have, you know, like we will we'll, like do tickets through Eventbrite or whatever. But mm-hmm. when we're doing physical posters at places, but mm-hmm. we're selling the tickets online, I didn't want them to be like, and for tickets, go to Eventbrite slash Bob slash Comedy on the Hill slash one, two, seven. Yeah. So oh, I want to yeah. just. A basic website that just says, like, go to BobRuffEvents.com, and then I can link them there. So I got onto Wix, and I'm like, well, this would be easy. I'll just do, like, one of their templates. I couldn't figure out how to fucking move anything. I couldn't yeah. make anything go where I wanted it to go. <laughs> you, you, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not a programmer, but I've used those sites. I use it for my website. A good night mm-hmm. for a um, <laughs> so, As long as we're plugging yeah. websites, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I use one of those templates for my site as well. And you do need a little bit of digital and tactical know-how, even with those sites. I mean, it was so hard. They say it's so easy. It was so damn hard. Yeah, you, I, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you could use a little bit of help on them. So. I, I ended up deleting every like I, everything was in such the wrong place and nothing looked right. So I deleted everything and it's just a page with a purple background that says Bob Ruff and there's a picture of me and then it says upcoming events. I'm going there right and, now. I got to see this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it something? It's better than it's, I expected based on your description. But why, yeah, why purple? Why purple? Is that yeah? Your it's colors? very purple. <laughs> It's purple because the picture I was using was of me doing a comedy thing at Obsess Fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, the you could have just not come at all, <laughs> Erica. That would have been fine. You could have just kept taking care of your dog. <laughs> you probably would have liked that. <laughs> no, so the picture I was using was from Obsess Fest, and the backdrop behind me had a lot of purple in okay. it. So I was like, oh, well, purple will make that. But if you look like on the mobile version of the top bar is green, I don't know why that don't is. Know why. That's a mystery. Yeah, I don't know why there's green on there. It's dark magic. Oh, yeah. Every, and then the, the worst part was Janet Varney, who was on our, our co-host on uh, the Friday Files for Truth and Justice. We were talking about it last week on our follow-up recording. And she went to the mobile version while we were talking and discovered at the top, which I didn't know, there was still a menu that I had taken off the desktop version. Yep. And all of a sudden she started laughing hilarious and like couldn't catch her breath because in those menus were my bio 
and my filmography and my goals <laughs> in life, like all from the template. And yeah. so it's like, she's like, you speak Russian? And you do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's two. Yeah, the mobile experience, the desktop experience. You got to yeah. think about all that. So, yeah. So, you know, for a lot of companies, there's a person like me <laughs> thinking about yeah. that for you. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. For me, I have a website that says Bob Ruff and then a link to the events underneath it. <laughs> That's it. Well, and don't even get me started on the fact the right that I couldn't get BobRuff.com. Who the hell besides Bob Ruff? <laughs> Wants to own, but someone owns a bobruff.com. Have you been to it? There's no website. There. There's nothing oh. there. Yeah. Someone's just sitting no. on the well, domain said, of my name. Well, you said, didn't you say, like, your dentist was also named Bob Ruff? Sounds like there's a lot of Bob Ruffs in the world. My barber's name barber, is Bob Ruff. Sorry. He definitely doesn't have a website. I don't think he has a computer. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> He's got a flip phone. There's no way yeah, he has a website. No website for that ad- that address. Oh. Yep. So, so that's what you do. You uh, build beautiful websites like BobRuffEvents.com. Uh, it was actually put together by Kim. Uh, oh, no. no check out some, no, of no, her, no. some of her great work. Um, Erica went real deep into the weeds here. Says, has a kid in my notes. That's sure. pretty good. Has can a only kid. be as specific as oh, yeah, the information. Yeah. I do have a kid. I do. <laughs> um, I have one of them. <laughs> he's. Six Are we talking years about old. a goat or a human kid? It's no. He's a human. I had uh, him. I was okay. There. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. He's six years old. He's in kindergarten. Um, and his his name is William. And um, yeah, he's cute. He's he's busy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun age. Like they they haven't quite learned to be smart asses yet yeah. and stuff like that. Um. Mine, mine is sassy, <laughs> but I think I realized I realized he's just parroting what I say back to him. So, right. you know, yeah, therein lies the problem. Um, but yeah, he's fun right now. Six is fun because he still thinks I'm really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then know, the he, next couple of years, he starts to get the influence of all the other kids at school and stuff. I know. And then, yeah. yeah. There is a point where they turn on you, right? Well, oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. They turn on you. They turn on you like a bad religion. They only want you. When they really need something. Oh, something, yeah. <laughs> something like that college tuition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like all yes. of a sudden it's time to pay for college and I love you, yep. Dad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, a creepy fact uh, that your interest in true crime came from your mother whose name is Patty. Patty. <laughs> Pat, we know your name, your mom's name's Patty and that's where you... We all, and keep I in mind, all too. we have... On the human child that lives with you is that it's a kid, but we know your mother's name is Patty, and that's where you got your your true crime interest from. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm purposefully vague, but well, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, my my mom, um, you know, my son is an only child, and you know, I'm an only child. Um, so you know, when only children hang out with their adults a lot. You know, you just kind of come like a tiny little adult. Um, and so my mom, you know, talked to me like a grown up and she um, was always had this interest in she wouldn't say like I have an interest in true crime because she's a mom. But she was very <laughs> interested in uh, she was always telling me about murders and yeah, like, like that, the yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like the specifics. Yeah, she would always tell me like little facts like we would be, you know, driving past um, this town and she would say, well, that's where so and so murdered his whole family. We're like, what, mom? Excuse me? Yeah, no, but for sure. She was always telling me about, you know, all the little true crime things that were happening, like in the media or she, if she's like, oh, I'd been there once or I heard of that at one point. Um, she always liked to point out also like the little 
spooky things and the haunted places around town. So I think uh-huh. that's kind of like what uh, was like the seed of my interest in true crime. Is the case John List? John List is, John yeah, List. one of the that's cases. That's the one that's yeah. in your bio that you just kind of Yeah, John List example. is the one that's in my bio. Um, yeah, so she always would talk about that. There was like the town over. She'd be like, oh, yeah, that's where John List murdered his whole family. Um, like, great, hmm. Mom. That's very casual. Thank you. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about what murder means? Yeah. I, like, how old were you when that conversation happened? <laughs> oh, maybe like, you know, like a preteen, like a tweener, like 10, 11. You know? <laughs> Appropriate age. Yeah. yeah, yeah, why not? Yep, that makes sense. Um, and speaking of spooky things, so uh, Erica says that in your 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 Instagram and your TikTok really feature spooky things and plant care. You're into the plants. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's you know kind of niche uh, interests, um, but on the TikTok side of things, I do have like a plant care account. If I didn't have the background blurred, you'd see like this is a big green plant over on the side, uh-huh. um, and. Um, the Instagram um, for my personal Instagram is a lot of uh, spooky things. Like I like to go visit the historic cemeteries, you know, the historic Victorian houses and all those places. And they always have mm-hmm. ghost stories attached. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I, I kind of started the podcast is I kind of created the content that I wanted to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. Because you'll go to these places and uh, you'll hear about all the stories and it's like, well, did that really happen? And I was always really interested in getting to the bottom of it and finding out what was the myth and what was the fact. And, you know, of course, I like true crime that's based in you know, not hauntings as well. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't like the cold cases. I like to Uh get to the ending. So like a story that has a beginning and an end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because with a lot of the older stories, you're not going to get an ending. You know, there's a lot of open-ended ones that like you just won't ever know. Um, Mm -hmm. And it does kind of drive me crazy because you think about if that had happened now, that's like totally a solvable case. Mm -hmm. Right. You um, think, but I think like the Delphi case proves that yeah, that's true. not always that's the case. True. That's <laughs> the other thing that's is not, that, yeah. yeah, the other thing is that I'm always kind of amazed how much has changed and how little is just the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like there's still, there's still police kind of botching investigations and not collecting evidence. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's still that happening and there's still people who are just happy to accept, you know, the easy answer in convictions a lot of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and there was a lot of that then. There's a lot of that now. Um, we can gather a lot more evidence, you know, now than they could right. back then, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just interesting how little some things have changed as well. Like we've come so far. And there's a lot that's still the same. So I'm like, well, that's just, you know, what have we learned? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Like a lot of stuff hasn't changed all that much. But like the perception of the public has changed so much from TV. Like we expect everything Mm -hmm. to be done perfectly. And they, you know, they're finding every hair and every little thing. I'm I'm working a case right now out of California where like the victim's body was found burning in a wheelbarrow. And they didn't take the wheelbarrow for evidence, they let. They mind blowing. Like, we, we won't need that. Like, what? yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like you. There's, I mean, I'm not a detective, but it <laughs> would seem to me that if there was going to be your best chance at finding some evidence, common sense, perhaps it would be in the thing that was holding the body that is easily transportable anywhere. Uh, does you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But they left it. They left yeah. it. They cut. They cut the handles. So they took half the handles. 
Because, you know, a wheelbarrow has, like, you know, long wooden mm-hmm. handles. Mm-hmm. They cut them, like, in half and took half the handles. They're like, well, that'll be good enough. We'll find what we need there. A lot of that happened, you know, like I said, with the Victorian era, things that are 100, 200 years old. They couldn't collect evidence like that. A lot of times they just let people trample, like, crime scenes, oh, which yeah. is crazy. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it was like a sideshow. They were like, what? And everybody mm-hmm. went down to look at it and trampled the crime scenes. But in a lot of cases, they did a really good job, you know, of securing crime scenes, too. So not to say that they mm-hmm. knew nothing. Um, but... But there was no science still... back then. Like there were, there would be no reason to collect, say, the wheelbarrow handles. There was no D. They were going to test for DNA. They didn't even know mm-hmm. what that was. Right. They had no and, idea. And I don't know that even in the 1800s, if even they were using finger. I think I think fingerprinting yeah. was becoming something that some they were learning about, but I don't think that it was widely yeah. used back then. Actually, I I can't recall the year. I feel like it was in the 18. 18- 40s to 60s, there was a case of, it's called the Stratton Brothers, and they were the first conviction, I believe, in the mm-hmm. UK, at least, with fingerprint evidence. Yeah, so, I think you're right. So, I, th- I remember researching this years ago, and I remember it was like mid-1800s, mm-hmm. it started to become a thing, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like where it is now, where right. like every crime scene, we're going to dust for fingerprints everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they were, le- <laughs> they were learning. Uh, we're still learning. But yeah, yeah, that was one case, well, this is, which I think is another reason why I have an interest in the error, because like, it's like, well, when did they first even figure this out? And like, mm-hmm. you know, the case I just mentioned, like, that mm-hmm. was the first time they started using fingerprint evidence, which was interesting to me. Like I said, I like to get back to like, the reason why, when did this start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and so your podcast focuses on crimes from the Victorian age. How did, how did you... How did you get into that that niche? Is that just where your interest lied? Yeah, I think so. You know, like I said, I like to learn about historical, you know, events and history. And whenever I go somewhere, I'll do the graveyard tour and learn about that mm-hmm. and the old houses. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I have an interest in true crime. And, you know, like I said, I, I kind of created the content that I wanted to hear because I would, you know, like, not all true crime people are also like fans of spooky and paranormal stuff, uh, <laughs> but right. a lot, yeah, a lot true. are. Yeah. So like a lot are. And so I would hear a lot of, um, you know, tales and lore and cases and they were like, oh, and she's buried here and this is what happened. And I'm like, what were they really? Um, and yeah. that's, you know, it, and it's a Google search away most of the time, <laughs> you know, and I would get just <laughs> kind of irritated that, that some people were making this content with just like completely you know fictional whatever i'm like well i think i can tell you the truth about it so that's where i started where i decided to make a podcast yeah so what made i was that was my next question what made you decide to make a oftentimes these podcasts are born from you know a couple of friends having a talk like hey we should make a podcast. but you you produce you research you record and edit everything by yourself Mm -hmm. so you just all on your own made this podcast Yes. Was there any influence then, or did you just decide that you wanted to make a podcast? Well, uh, you know, like I said, I have a full-time job, and I have a kiddo, and not that many friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what the fucking um, kids do that. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, really takes up my time there. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, I there's limited people that uh, have a tolerance for listening to me talk about this type of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and especially like the historical part of it as well, people get a little glazed over. Maybe if you want to talk about historical facts, I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of figured out. You know, I had the technical, the digital know-how. I was like, hey, I can make a website. How hard can it be to record? Right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
let me, you know, so there was a learning curve on that. Let me see how I can host it. I had a little bit of know-how from that just from my day job. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to try it. I'm, I'm home a lot. My uh, kid, you know, when he's at his dad's, um, I have some time. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, there you have it. So. And you launched podcasts. And you just launched it just in April of this year. Yeah. And you're doing podcasts every other week. Is that so? I have my kids are from a previous marriage too. Mm-hmm. So I can like, does the, the kids' schedule factor into the podcast schedule? Because like oh. I was for a long time, I would do, always do things like my social life lived every other week because one week I had the kids all week and right. all weekend. Then the next week I'd get a little break from the kids and that's when I would do whatever else. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, he, he goes to his dad like it's a 50-50 and uh, we like mm-hmm. split the week. So, you know, there's evenings where I'm just like, okay, well, you know, now it's time to work in the podcast. And I wanted to keep it manageable because, like you said, it only launched in April. It's a little bitty baby podcast. Um, So I was like, let me shoot for every other week (laughs) and see if that's management manageable Mm -hmm. from a time perspective. Um, And then we'll scale from there. So far, I'm making it work. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's it's smart, I think, to set your goals that are reachable so you can stay consistent Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can always grow into it. I see that I've had so many podcasts over the years that have come that I've, you know, that I've either helped with or that that are, you know, I want to do an episode a week or two episodes a week and I'm going to do it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. make sure you can keep doing that because if you say you're going to do it every week and then three weeks in, you're off for two weeks, whoever, whatever audience you're starting to build is gone. Mm -hmm. So if you build it where it's like, I, I know I can consistently put an episode out every two weeks then right. people know every two weeks to look for it. That's that's the plan. <laughs> awesome. Um, so let, let's talk about this this case. Again, the, the podcast is called A Good Night for Murder, and it focuses on crimes from the Victorian era. Um, and the case we're going to talk about today is uh, the murder of Matilda or Tilly Smith from 1886 in Hackettstown, New Jersey. So tell us about this case. Yeah. So, well, first off, the name of the podcast, A Good Night for a Murder, that's something my mom, Patty, used to say to me. Um, she used to just kind of stare out the window on a rainy night or if someone was like, oh, really dark out there tonight. She just offhandedly remarked, mm, good night for a murder. Um, is it is it good night for a murder? Is that what it is? Yeah, a good night for did a Erica, murder. Did Erica screw up what did I the do? notes? And the t- it says a good night for murder. Erica messed up. <laughs> Mrs. Cantor, your daughter we'll messed up. We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. I'm not she messed, <laughs> she messed up. We'll keep uh, saying it. Ma- so, yeah, no, it's a good night for a murder. Good night for a um, murder. Gotcha. A good night for a murder.com on TikTok and Instagram. A good night for a murder. That's where I'll be. For <laughs> um, a murder, Erica. Yes. Yeah. So good, she is, I have well, to say it too. I feel like a good night for a murder. Now well, think about like if you're looking out. <laughs> side if it's a rainy night if it's a dark night and you're Mm -hmm. looking out there and it's real dark and it's real foggy Mm kind of like how it's going to be tonight where i am (laughs) good night for a murder out there right (laughs) oh yeah where are you oh i'm in new jersey i'm in like the northwest corner of new jersey kind of almost to the to the poconos so woodsy it's pretty area yeah Mm -hmm. thank you yeah Mm -hmm. Um, thank you like you made it like i made it yeah well you know what else to be honest, I didn't grow up around here. Yeah. Um, I grew up in like, you know, kind of central Jersey, um, kind of 20 minutes away from New York City. So it is very uh, different from where I grew up, met my husband, 
uh, moved out here. Now we have a kid. Now I'm I'm here too. Um, so, right. <laughs> um, but it is for you know, the foreseeable future, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but it is really different from where I grew up. It's a lot more rural. There's a lot more farms, and people are like, "What New Jersey?" Mm-hmm. Like, but like the Appalachian Trail runs through, right. like. I can, I'm like pointing to it, like you guys can see where it is because it's at the (laughs) end of my street, turn the corner. Um, So it's pretty wooded. It's right up against like the Delaware Water Gap and the Poconos. Um, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's not what I'm used to. Um, I've adjusted to it. I've assimilated. So when people are like, it's beautiful. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's all it has going for it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you is the nicer response. (laughs) Um, I was on vacation once and I remember there was, we were staying in a, a little resort up in the Poconos and mm-hmm. there were, I remember there was like, it was beautiful countryside and there was deer everywhere. Like we'd walk there outside is. of our room and there'd be a herd of deer just standing there, just eating in the front. Staring yard. back at you. Yeah, I know. I had yeah. one on my front porch the other, the other week, literally up on the steps. When yeah. I, I was <laughs> just good. up there in um, New Hampshire a, a little while back, like close to that area. And there we got a humongous flock of turkeys where we were staying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like 30 yeah. or 40 turkeys. It's the time of year for them as well. Um, there's a ton of deer oh, right yeah. now. And there's also, we have foxes and oh. coyotes I hear sometimes at night. It's, mm-hmm. you know, people don't think of that when they think of New Jersey. But up here in this corner, that's that's what I got. Yeah. Um, so a good night for a murder. You know, if it's, if you, if, if you were to commit a murder, not saying <laughs> any of us are, I am. Um, but... A good night for a murder is, you know, that dark kind of spooky looking night out there. So, and my mom used to just kind of offhandedly remark that to me, just kind of that gallows humor, that black humor, um, which right. I kind of inherited from her as well. I picked up, picked up on that. Sure. Um, so, you know, talking about New Jersey, the case about Tilly Smith um, is in Hackettstown, New Jersey. So that's like a stone's throw away from where I live right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not... I. It's one of the earlier episodes in the podcast. It's not like a super well-known one, but I wanted to, you know, talk about some of cases that aren't super well-known either. Everybody knows Jack the Ripper and Lizzie Borden. They've all been done. And I talk about those too. Um, But so Tilly Smith was a, like a kitchen maid in a a college there Mm -hmm. um, in 1886. And she was about 19 years old. And um, she wanted to go out with her friends, you know, one evening. Um, Well, let me back up before I get into the case. I'll tell you how I heard about it first off. So um, jumping around a little bit, I apologize. I first heard about it because there's a cemetery in Hackettstown that is reputed to be haunted by her. Uh-huh. And the reason they say it's haunted is because her murderer is buried in the same cemetery. And I would be pretty pissed off if someone buried, like, buried my murderer where I could see them, you know, in the <laughs> right. same cemetery. Um, and so that's how I first heard the story. And um, I wanted to, you know, look into it a little bit more. And then, of course, when I look into it, you start to hear about, like, well, what's really the truth behind it? Um, and the truth behind it is that either he did it and you know maybe her spirit is restless because she was in the same cemetery as her murderer or because they got the wrong guy mm-hmm. it was a wrong whole conviction so um back to tilly it's 1886 and she's working as a kitchen maid and she um goes out one night with some friends to take in a show in town and she you know they meet a couple of gentlemen and they walk her part way back to her you know, living quarters. She's living on the campus of the college that she's working in. And she says, good night. Nice meeting you. And the next morning they find her uh, raped and murdered in a field. Mm -hmm. And so she had almost 
almost made it home uh, to the college campus where she lived. And, you know, the police investigate, but, you know, like we were talking about before, they kind of were like, she was murdered here. She was murdered elsewhere. She was murdered by more than one person. Victorian science. I don't know how they know these things, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really matter. They kind of wind up peddling it all back to begin with. Um, And so they start talking to people who she saw the prior evening. She saw these gentlemen. She saw her friends. um, And they ran into an ex-boyfriend of hers outside the theater as well that night. Um, but they're not coming up with any suspects. So the two gentlemen they were with, they were seen in a bar during her time of death. Couldn't be them. And so they, they take her and they, they bury her, you know, fairly quickly in the, in the cemetery there in town. And, um, they start to say like, well, who, who saw her? She starts getting, the police start getting pressured, right. To find someone to find an answer. And they learned that she had asked the maintenance guy, um, James Titus, that, will you be here to unlock the door later? Cause I'm going to be back after curfew. And he says, no, I won't do that for you. I don't want to break the rules. And she just goes about her night. Um, so now they're like, well, he knew that she was coming back late. Now they start asking more about his character and they're getting like glowing reviews of his character. He's a quiet guy. He lives in town and he doesn't bother anybody. And then they get to this other coworker of his who. I don't know. In my opinion, this guy just wanted to like insert himself into the investigation and he Mm -hmm. maybe wanted the reward money. He says he didn't, but he did collect it later on. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to take what he says. Yeah. With a grain of salt. And he's like, yeah, James Titus, he's not a great guy. And, um, you know, he's, you know, makes comments at all the women here on campus and, you know, what have you. And so with very little evidence, no hard evidence at all, with just circumstantial evidence, they arrest this man, James Titus, um, just because they were under pressure to, they send him to trial and he is convicted and the uh, sentence is death. So they're going to hang him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he confesses, He's, he signs a confession, um, which it's widely regarded to be a coerced confession because he just wanted to be able to see his wife and his daughter again. Um, yeah. So, And this was after he was convicted waiting on the noose. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did. Correct. Yes. Um, And so they did commute his sentence to like 19 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, you mean they stopped looking for anybody else, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the town really kind of like took in Tilly as their own. There's in the cemetery I was talking about, there's like a monument to her. Um, It's like up on a hill. I visited it. Um, And so they really kind of like just wanted justice for her, but, you know, they kind of didn't get it right, in my opinion. So they did commute his sentence. He never ended up being able to see his wife again. His wife died a month before he actually ended his sentence. So oh, that's very sad. Yeah. Um, and then he lived in town for another 50 years. He didn't leave, you know? So yeah. it's like, if, if you're guilty, you know, and people, you think maybe he would leave, but he stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, this is my home. I'm staying. Um, and then when he died, he was like 95. They buried him in the same cemetery um, that Tilly is buried in. And so, you know, it's it's just really widely accepted to be like a coerced confession. Um, a lot of people think that it was probably the ex-boyfriend they ran into who did it. Um, again, there's no evidence of that. Like I said, that's the problem with the Victorian era mm-hmm. is they can't really circle back. We don't know what happened to him. Yeah. But um, one of the ghost stories that came out of it that I had heard of initially is that the ghost of Tilly 
is usually spotted by women walking alone on campus as if she's trying to like protect them from oh. from what happened to her um, from happening to other people. Well, some chilled on your spine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, the cemeteries uh, purported to be haunted, but it's like, well, why? Is it because, you know, mm-hmm. her murderer is buried there? It's because they never got the right guy and he's still out there somewhere. So, it, you, know, you know, just just hearing those basics of the of the case makes me feel like the town probably never really bought that he was the killer because yeah so if this was this coerced confession to make this deal for him like what motivation would the district attorney or the prosecutor in the state have to give him a deal that avoids the death penalty if they already had their conviction i the only thing i could think of would be that the pressure from the town was still yeah. Don't kill this guy because we don't think that he did it. Mm. And then and then followed by when he gets out of prison, he lives in this right. small town for and 50 And people let him stay. Afterwards. You know, right. people yeah. right. even to this day, people don't leave this area. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's like small town living up here, but yeah, 100%. I feel like they just you know, they wanted answers for her. Um she was this young girl, it's this quiet little same story. Like I said, so little, you know, so much time has gone by, but so many things are the same. It's like this quiet little town and then this like brutal rape and murder happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just want answers for like this young girl who was just out on her own. Uh, mm-hmm. She was barely 19 years old. Um, and yeah, they get the they get the confession, likely just so he could see his wife again, which didn't work out. And then he stayed here and they didn't, you know, run him out of town after exactly. or anything mm-hmm. like that. So um yeah, so that's one of my favorite stories. You know, it's local. It's not too well known outside the area, and it kind of blends up the um, the ghost story element that I like with the real story yeah. of what really happened. Well, you can get the the full story of of Tilly Smith's murder and um, the conviction of what what was his name again? Uh, James Titus. James Titus uh, on season one, episode two of A Good Night for a Murder. Her name is Kim S., and that's the name of the podcast, A Good Night for a Murder. Check it out. Could be your next big true crime binge. Kim, it's been a pleasure meeting you, and I hope you uh, continue to adjust to your your country life up there in the Poconos. (laughs) I've assimilated the same. Thank you. So good to meet you. Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Kelly Barron's Brink. Our production manager and co-host is Erica Cantor. Music and show artwork was created by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com and episode artwork is created by John Hayes. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is truecrimebinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. Make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. And thank you so much for listening. And make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge. 